0: It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed
1: represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600.
2: And now, let's
1: join the Upfront panel.
2: All right, we have a nice panel for you today as Councilman James Connoyer is in studio. And I always find, uh, Jim, you're one of the easiest people uh, to prepare for because i can bring up anything you're always willing to speak on any topic and uh, that just makes it easier when you have a buffet table as wide as that so we always appreciate your willingness to speak on anything brought to your brought to your way so uh, first of all good morning jim good morning happy uh, to be here and uh, thanks for uh, making it in uh, it is a, a cold day in the blackstone valley the, the question is is you just drove in i know at five o'clock this morning there was a little slipping and sliding how were the roads when you were coming in this morning
3: they were fine. It was a little bit, uh, there was a little bit of a sheen on, on some spots, but you just uh, use a little common sense and pay attention. It was fine.
2: But this uh, this will uh, blow out, as you can already see. The wind is beginning to move it on uh, some of your walkways and sidewalks. But uh, do stay warm today. Uh, the phone lines are available to you if you have no place to go. We'd love to have you here on the Upfront program, 769-0600. That's the number that will get you into the studio. Also, the Upfront email is operating as well, which is... Uh, upfront at WNRI.com. And we have an uh, opportunity for you to speak with Jim Kenoya, whatever's on your mind. One of the questions, Roger, is uh, putting to uh, different folks that come through. And we know it's a rotating schedule. So in theory, we would have six other council people in before we'd see you again this year. Sure. And with two meetings a month, that kicks it down the road. But for uh, for uh, conversation's sake, Jim, we are in an election year. Uh, do you, have you made any decisions? Are you content playing it, or is it too soon in the game on whether you will uh, run for re-election to the city council?
3: Uh, it's you know to be honest with you, Jeff, I haven't I haven't spent a minute thinking about that. It's what, uh, the first week of January here. Uh, there's an election in November, um, so honestly, I haven't spent any time thinking about it. Um, it'll be a you know a coin toss at this point if you if you put a gun to my head. Well, lucky um, so I will we'll, not be doing that on
2: this program
3: today. And, it, and, and to be honest with you, uh, one of the drivers, I suspect, is uh, what the field looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just say, for example, if we had seven seven Alex Kithises and Molly and Grays that were going to run, then I would consider running because I, I, I would hate to see uh, people like that sitting up at the city council. Uh, Running the city into the ground. So it all depends.
2: Well, rumor has it they uh, may be looking at a state position as part of a broader progressive ticket. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that may, that may await. Well, now I am uh, anxiously awaiting. Uh, the, uh, declaration period to see where you fall on that. <laughs> I know there are many that, that do want to see you, uh, continue your time on the city council and it certainly has changed. You can tell last night it was a quick meeting. You're not too tired from that meeting last night.
3: It was a little, it was a little taxing, uh, all 14 minutes of it. Um, but uh, we made it through. One so, thing uh, you can see, though, as uh, COVID is uh, reoccurring,
2: uh, a little adjustment here. And it says uh, on the agenda last night it was suspended uh, due to COVID-19 emergency. That's public comment. Um, is that something that's being talked about in the council? Is it likely to last throughout uh, this month and uh, next month as far as public comments are concerned?
3: Yeah, certainly in the, in the near term. Uh, the governor issued another executive order. Um, Allowing for remote meetings and so forth, uh, because of the the surge in the in the virus. Uh, notwithstanding that uh, President Biden had promised us, if elected, he'd put, he'd defeat it and put it behind us, and that, I guess I don't know. Some would call that a lie, perhaps a big lie. But in any event, that hasn't happened. So the virus is spiking. Um, so we are limiting uh, the exposure to people and having them come in to. Uh, Good and Welfare Live, and we've done that in the past. Well, sure, there's a lot of ways
2: folks can get in touch with you. That could be a email or, or a phone number. Do you have an email address you want to give to the folks just in case somebody wants to send you an email address? Well, it's on the, the it's on the
3: city website. Okay. Yep, very and they can, they can contact us through the. Uh the city website once i get you ri.org, you'll
2: find uh, the city council what do you do if you look under government you'll see city council if you click on that tab it'll be you'll see a listing uh, what you won't see is an actual typed email address but if you click on the name such yep. as jim kaniaer it'll open up and you can send an email that way yep. i know i do get calls from people when they look at the city's website they expect
3: they're still copy and pasteers
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would you want to do, folks, You just click on the name of the council person uh, yeah, you, we- you wish to contact.
3: Yeah, and I'll tell you, Jeff, that I get plenty of, plenty of emails through that system. So it works fine. Communication is, is no problem.
2: Well, we do have a person on the phone lines. We don't want to keep them waiting. You're on with Councilman Jim Canoy on the Upfront program. good morning to you. Uh,
4: good morning. Um, I, this was not what I intended to talk about, but I'm going to say it. It is not the point, in my opinion... It it isn't the point that uh, people can't come and talk in person. It's the reinforcement of the big lie, which is that COVID was more deadly than it was made out to be. And we are now hearing from the CDC that the deaths that were attributed to COVID were not real, the figures were not real. And the group of people with whom I associate, we talked about that amongst ourselves and some of us talked about it on the radio, that we were looking at the number of deaths from previous years and trying to make all of that out. It's very disheartening that people are perpetrating this this, uh, idea, but it's not the only false idea. That has been thrust upon us in the last few years. I hope you do run again, Mr. Kinoia. Uh When you look at New York allowing non-citizens to vote, I think the threat from the left, the socialists, is real. And unfortunately, a lot of, uh, a lot of times, it's the old guard that is the uh, buffer between these young people that uh, boycott, go after, like they did with WNRI, they go after their uh, their advertisers. This is a real threat. I don't know how long I'm going to be around shooting my mouth off, but but really, I mean, I'm not doing this because I have nothing else to do. I'm, I'm doing it because I'm concerned about the future. So we've got all kinds of things going on right now even at the local level that we have to fight. And now, I just heard that Whole Foods, they're trying to wear Black Lives Matter. These idiots that, you see, they're not idiots. They know what they're doing. Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization. I will say it. They'll be putting me in my grave. And I'll be saying one more thing. Black Lives Matter is commie. And, and I, I don't know how, but we've got stupid people who are educated. And they're doing it. And now we find out that the head of the teachers' union in Chicago was formerly a member of the American Socialist International Party or something. Listen, a wolf in sheep's clothing. I've taken up too much time.
2: (laughs) Fair enough. All right, well, thanks for your call. Certainly a lot of content there, Uh, not much pertaining to your jurisdiction as a city council person. Um, but I well, think uh, with, when you're receiving the executive orders as a councilman, really your hands are kind of tied on operating well, these meetings a
3: little bit. Yes and no. So a couple things. Um, first of all, I agree with much of what uh, the caller said. Um, these these lunatics, uh, I say it all the time, you ignore these people at your own peril. Um, because while most of us are busy at work being productive members of society, um, these people are spending all their time, 24-7, with their nonsense. You know, like our friend uh, who spends all his time in his grandmother's basement tweeting and so forth. Um, so it's a full-time job for them uh, to try to do the things uh, that they're trying to do. And, and again, you ignore these people at your own peril, in my opinion. Uh, so I agree with that. As far as the virus, uh, I also agree, and I think you're seeing it now uh, play out with the CDC and the government. The, you know, they made... <clears throat> They turned this thing into so much more than it was. And I'm not saying for a minute that the virus isn't serious. People have absolutely died because of the virus. It's a serious uh, uh, illness uh, when you get it. Um, and you shouldn't take it lightly. And there are things you can do to protect yourself. And even then when you do everything to protect yourself, you can still get, uh, still get the virus and have bad results. But the reality is, is they, they went way beyond that. And now I think they're struggling to kind of walk it back. The rules keep changing. You can go back after five days and all this other stuff. And and I think, honestly, they're struggling uh, with their messaging uh, to bring kind of walk back what they did. And she's right. They're, you know, South Park had the classic episode on uh, on the virus. Um, they had uh, a, 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 an episode of <clears throat> last year where the teachers stopped coming to work because of the virus. And the police department, all the police officers were out of work because of the defund the police. So the, the policemen said... We're out of work. We'll go teach the kids. So they went and taught the kids. And they had an episode where the the children had a fight. And the cops shot one of the kids and killed him. And they said the child was killed. Must have been uh, Kenny. Yeah. (laughs) He he died due to COVID. And the kids said, no, he didn't. You guys shot him. And they said, no, no, no. It was due to COVID. Because if they didn't have COVID, the teachers would have been there. If the teachers would have been there, we wouldn't have been there. So everything got blamed on COVID. Um, So she's right. Uh, With respect to good and welfare, look... At the end of the day, the virus is very contagious. It's a, it's a very contagious uh, illness. Um, it can have different effects, as I said. And the reality is we've had uh, public comment open for the last several months, and I think we've heard from maybe two two or three people during that time. So uh, on balance, I think we're being prudent, but I do agree with her that it's it's been overwrought, um, and the government has, has used this um, look at it, it, it in the early stages, it let people. Um, in in official positions, if you will. It gave them an opportunity to pontificate and get all kinds of press and media. And the perfect example is St. Andrew Cuomo. Remember that? Quote, must TV, an Emmy award. And he would sit there and give a a press conference every day and get all kinds of coverage and all kinds of adulation. And we see how that all turned out. So...
2: Now, you mentioned the governor uh, in his new executive order allowing Zoom meetings, yep. but still uh, attending, uh, uh, holding a meeting in person, even if citizen good and welfare isn't part of the meeting. Uh, there's got to be a benefit to you all being at least in the same room besides the media hub of the cable connection and getting uh, the YouTube audio online with everybody having, you know, uh, mics in front of them and so forth. Sure. Um, so is there a benefit as a council person at least to be in the room with your, with your fellow council?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean from my perspective there is yep. uh, to the extent that we can continue to, to meet live that's always better than doing it remotely um, you know I, you gotta show up to work everyday you can't do this you can't mail it in and um, being able to read people's body language and look, look each other in the eye and so forth I think is a, is a huge positive uh, but there may come a time when it doesn't make sense to keep doing that. So we'll see. We'll take it uh, one, one day at a time, if you will. Two appointments last night
2: uh, before we get to the phone lines. Lucian Cody, member of the Housing Authority. Michael DeBros, uh, now uh, the interim uh, director of planning and development. Both past 6 nothing. Have the support of the council?
3: Uh, well, actually, those, those did not require a vote, Jeff. Uh, those are uh, appointments of the mayor. And that was just within the communications. She's just notifying yep. the city council. So, look, that's... Well, there's there's no debate. oversight at all from the... There's no... Yeah, the, the council has no say in that.
2: Uh, we're going to get to the phone lines, and we'll take a quick commercial break. Jim Knoyer, on our panel today, you are on our live line. Go, you are on the air.
1: Hi, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. I, uh, I'd like to uh, address this to uh, Mr. Knoyer. Um Over the past two years, our children... Uh, have been uh, sacrificing greatly and that they're doing what they're told as far as uh, staying at home, uh, staying at home learning. Uh, they're really making a big sacrifice and this year the same thing is happening. Uh, sports trips are being uh, cancelled. Uh, teachers are short. There's shortages of teachers. They can't get their classes and their grades uh, Uh, questions answered properly because they they have different teachers. In some cases they cancel classes because they can't get in. I think the damage to our children, both physically and mentally, has been great. And I think they deserve COVID money to the tune of about $20,000 a year for the last two years, this year included. $20,000 Twenty thousand dollars put into a, a fund for each student, so that that student and their parents can't touch this money. The student will use this for further education, whether it's for uh, summer courses or for uh, 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 tutoring, uh, private tutoring, uh, to bring them up to up to snuff. And I think the twenty thousand is a small figure for the price these kids have been paying both physically and mentally and Jim, I would like to see you and uh, Roger uh, on the town council my friend uh, to uh, get this money out to these students, put it in a separate account and uh, let the students uh, have this for their future education I think it's only right and fitting That, that federal money is for this purpose for damages that have been done and I can't think of uh, a more righteous uh, thing to do than take care of the kids i mean this is uh this is uh, all these uh, politicians want to give this money to this this one's their favorite uh give it to the kids the kids deserve it Jim please comment
3: well <clears throat> a couple of things um that twenty thousand dollars a head in 6,000 students, it's, um, you're up to 120 million. I'm not sure where we're going to find $120 million to do that. Um, that's number one. Number two, uh, I don't disagree with you that, you know, students have, uh, have suffered during this pandemic. Um, uh, particularly due to the uh, the remote learning, which I think is garbage that 's just my opinion, and i 'll be criticized for that i 'm sure but um, but you know lots of people have suffered, and lots of people have been impacted by this pandemic uh, there 's businesses that are out of businesses, people that have lost their jobs, so it 's across the board so i I hear what you 're saying, although I, I I just struggle with a uh, you know it, it sounds good on the surface. Um, but you're talking about 120 million dollars at 10, uh, 20,000. You're talking 60 million dollars at at, at 10,000. Um, it adds up quickly. Number one. Number two. I struggle with uh, picking win- winners and losers because um, for every student that has struggled, I can I can show you a non-student that has suffered as a result of the of, of the pandemic and some of the things uh, the government has done as a as a result and as a consequence of the of the pandemic. So. Um, i 'd have to think long and hard about what you 're suggesting it's it 's an idea, and all all ideas are worthy of, of consideration but um, i would well, have to think I, them all about i don 't see how the what money 's going to do
2: like in my own situation, I have a granddaughter who 's been at Bradley Hospital since before autumn fest some somewhere uh, late September, early October. Uh, she was scheduled to be released Wednesday. We got a call last night. She's not coming home because there's a coronavirus outbreak at Bradley Hospital. She has tested positive, and she is in quarantine. So for for a kid who made it through the first 13 years of her life uh, on a uh, smooth track to be derailed during the pandemic, all of a sudden mental health issues and suicidal tendencies are, are ramping their ugly face... Uh, being hospitalized, missing easily um, an important six months of her life at the age of fourteen i don 't see what cash is going to do for her at this uh, very moment. Yep. So not every problem is is fixed with with monetary compensation. I know it certainly wouldn 't be in, in our household, yep. um, but thank you for your call seven six nine zero six hundred. Uh, is the phone number. We have the email up front at wnri.com. We'd love to hear from you. Jim, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back here in a moment. Sounds
1: Good. good.
0: Speaking with Celeste Benjamin of the Benjamin Insurance Agency. Celeste, you provide a wide range of services there.
4: Most of our business is providing home and auto insurance. However, we feel the most important thing to insure is people. Everyone insures their home and autos, which are objects. Only 57% of Americans have life insurance. You may get into a car accident. You may have a claim on your home. But life insurance is a guaranteed payout for your family. We are here to help keep your family going our family serving your family and cara
5: benjamin my mother celeste will help you plan for retirement and assist you with protecting your family by providing life insurance
0: the all state benjamin agency 125 eddie darling highway north smithfield 765 for the protection you need the service you want across from cbs at dowling village Kear Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick, 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kear Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kear Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having 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 all the right answers.
1: A Roofmaster with
3: 35 years experience. Avoid disaster and hire the master. Roofmaster provides customers
1: with high-quality roofing services. Putting a roof over your head is the most important thing your home needs. Storm and wind damages are a real threat to your roof. Most importantly, your insurance company can help you. The Roofmaster will inspect your roof at no cost to you. Inspections are
3: free, and we are fully insured, Then, that includes residential and commercial properties. Contact the Roofmaster team today, and we will get you started. We are G. AF certified. So
1: call the Roofmaster at 401-400-7008. That's 401-400-7008. Remember, it's Roofmaster. You won't be disappointed, I guarantee it. You're
2: listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, thank you. And in the panel is Jim Knoyer today, councilman here in the great city of Woonsocket. We'd like to hear from you, 7690600. We also have the Upfront email running at upfront at wnri.com. And, boy, it is cold outside. One of the phrases that I always hear people say when it's this cold out, wouldn't want to be homeless in this cold. Um, and it's a topic that I am interested in. I have a question for you, Jim. Uh, I did spend a year and a half homeless in my younger days. I spent four degree February nights out there. It is no joke. Uh, I also understand, although people are homeless for many different reasons, right now, this time of year, uh, many either can or uh, don't uh, wish to have entered into that November 1st pool of shelters. And now, uh, of course, when it's this cold, people try to get out of it. They just can't because shelters are full. I know a while back there was some money that was allocated from the city council to, to help deal with homelessness, whether it be uh, vouchers for a hotel or mort- hotel rooms there was also some uh, talk in that one socket call article first last month's rent security deposit to help people get into more permanent housing. I was just wondering has there been any uh, report or feedback on the use of that money or is it uh, still in progress if you had an update on that uh, those uh, funds for the homeless in Woonsocket?
3: Sure. Um, Excuse me. there's been no uh, I don't have a, a specific update at this point it's still early uh, as you alluded to Jeff. Uh, the city council had allocated um, a relatively modest amount of funding uh, to assist uh, some folks, uh, homeless folks, with uh, shelter by providing uh, some rooms over to Woonsocket Motor Inn uh, for the period of January 1st through March 31st to get to the cold months. Um, so that just started uh, about a week and a half ago, and uh, we haven't yet received, and we haven't uh, wasn't expected to receive one, uh, an update from Director Hay- uh, plays who's uh, managing that, and I'm sure she's doing a terrific job. Um, she uh, she takes her job very seriously, and she's uh, she does a, she she does a good job with these type of things. So, you know, with respect to that, uh, that's on <clears throat> that's in process, and that's just kind of getting ramped up. And again, that was never intended to solve the entire problem. Number one. Number two, it was never intended to supplant and or replace uh, the good work that uh, other organizations and individuals are doing, such as Harvest Community uh, Church and, and uh, Community Care Alliance and others. It wasn't to supplant. It was simply to uh, supplement uh, in, a, in a relatively small way. But um, every, uh, every step counts. Um, there was also funding that was provided from the state. Um, Several million dollars uh, that the, the governor had had, had allocated, and um, a good chunk of that came to organizations here in the city of Woonsocket. Um, so again, it's ongoing. It's a vexing problem. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I don't know um, if there's a silver bullet. And I'm pretty sure. Uh, so when 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 were you homeless, Jeff? Oh, it, I was in my 20s. I'm 47 so now. So it many, was many many some years time ago.
2: ago. There was no men's shelter. Uh, And when I reached out to help from the state, being a single white male with no kids uh, in tow... I didn't, well, uh, I didn't get a food stamp. It yeah. was, you know, good luck to you. And one of the court judges, uh, I remember uh, I was talking to them about it. And they said, well, you know, and I was, I was told this verbatim. Your living conditions are no concern. Yeah. <laughs> but that was what I dealt with yeah. back in my day. Now, it wasn't as progressive up here as it is today. I have one in my house right now, a relative of Dina's, no place to go. But this young lady was thrown out of the homeless shelter on Sale Street. She was mm-hmm. banned from the Woonsocket motor in, uh, she's denied some voucher programs no place to go, it's 9 degrees and no choice but to open up my door to let, let her relative uh, in the house so uh, even though it's driving me nuts sure. um, you gotta do what you gotta do to help out, now uh, one thing I wanted to float into your mind, and seven six nine zero six hundred is the phone number if you'd like to uh, chime in, but I went through two winters gym, a spring, summer, and fall okay. so I hit two Februarys in that time span yeah. and, and you know uh, then you realize that Uh, then nobody's going to help you through your problems but you... Yep. and uh, through initiatives now uh, many years later and I was employed homeless. I was working homeless at that yep. point in time yep. uh, and I had my, uh, my faithful companion dog to put underneath a blanket to try to keep me warm at that point yep. uh, and he toughed it out with me. Yep. Uh, the uh, thing that popped in my mind now on that, I just want to plant a seed here, sure. is I like to drive around and look at holiday lights and I was coming down through the Fairmounts and coming through the back of the Sale Street shelter I saw an enormous amount of children on the playground behind the shelter who live at that shelter. Uh, just before Christmas, before I left out the day before I took my trip to Florida, I stopped by the shelter and dropped off some uh, Christmas stuffed animals for the kids bless you. Uh, from the station. And the point here, Jim, is is, is way too many school aged children at that shelter. So if I was on a council and I had some funds to allocate to help out, I would probably look to get the children, the school aged children, out of the shelters, those are families, into some sort of housing, use that money to assist them that would free up those shelters to deal with the lone stragglers this time of year in the winter to allow them in and if you want to change lives there's no better way than getting a school-aged kid out of a homeless shelter and into some more stabilized housing so that's an area i just wanted to plant a seed on where you might look at to allocate some of those funds to really make a difference in people's lives. Clear the shelters of the families. That'll make the shelters more available for the stragglers who are still on the street. Yeah.
3: Now, as I said, a vexing problem, and um, it goes back, uh, you can, as you just indicated, you, you know, decades ago you were homeless, and we still have the problem today. Still have problem today? Um, No, No, there are no, no simple, easy solutions. And um, as we're learning from the virus... Uh, the government can't solve every problem in the world. Uh, I know there's people out there that think the government is going to solve everything. And, um, and I look at your situation, as you just alluded to, um, imagine that family's helping family.
2: Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you got, am I happy about it? Hell no. Nope. Because there are some people that I find deplorable in life, and this happens to be one of them, yet nobody deserves to freeze to death on the street. Regardless of those situations. Uh, 769-0600, though, if you'd like to join the fun on the agenda last night. Well, it was a thin agenda last night. It was even thinner when uh, there was no uh, address to the council on the historical cemetery. Uh, as a gentleman it was not able to attend last night. Um, but a few items I want to get you, your ideals on and see where you stand on it. First of all, uh, man who's been no stranger to the city of Woonsocket, Michael DeBruyce, appointed as interim director of planning and development. You talked about how the council had no vote or say on these appointments. They are at the will of the mayor, but if you have any thoughts on Michael DeBroyce taking on a, another. Position here in Woonsocket.
3: Uh, sure. Um, so look, Mike's been um, Mike's been around a long time. He's um, he's a good guy. He knows he knows city government. Um, and at this point, the mayor has uh, plugged Mike, or Mr. DeBrus, I should say, into the uh, position of director of planning and development on an interim basis. Um, and uh, we have not yet had a conversation with the mayor in terms of uh, the longer term thinking, in terms of a search, and so forth. Uh, because there are certain qualifications uh, pursuant to the charter and otherwise um, that uh, that are required for that position. Um, and frankly, I'm not sure if uh, Mr. DeBruyce uh, has all those qualifications or not. He may. Uh, I'm just not aware at the moment. This has happened kind of quickly. I think this is our fifth, probably our fifth or sixth uh, planning director um, in the last number of years. We've had a little bit of a, um, not a little bit, I would say a lot of a bit, uh, <laughs> of a, a, a revolving door there. Um, and the most recent uh, planning director, Bianca Palacastro, uh, she left and then she gave her notice, she left, and then she ultimately uh, took a job in Pawtucket um, at a, you know, fairly significant pay cut. So there are some issues here that, uh, and I won't get into it uh, in detail, but there are some things, there's some, there's a, I'll, I'll say it to you this way, Jeff. There's, um, from my perspective, and I'm just one individual on the council, there is some cause for concern, and I think we're going to have to have a, uh, a deeper conversation about this and a few other positions uh, with the mayor in, uh, in the very near term, uh, because uh, we can't, and again, in my opinion, we can't continue to um, we can't continue to operate this way, and it's not from my perspective, and I said this before, and you just alluded to it when you were talking about Given the students or the children, uh, payments of twenty thousand and the cash, you know, from your from your perspective, does will not does not solve everything. Similarly, I've said in the past, the pay. Sometimes we use our salary numbers as a as a as a crutch or, or as an excuse uh, for open positions or turnover. And uh, I think uh, this one here crystallizes that uh, the pay is not necessarily the problem because we just increase the pay. By $5,000 specifically for this individual, um, yet they still left and and took a different job for uh, a significant pay cut. So, anyways, there is some concern here from my perspective, and again, I'm one person. Um, Without getting into a a lot of detail, uh, I will just say that I think we're going to have to have a a conversation in the next uh, several weeks to kind of talk about some of those concerns. Um, But again... I won't get into that level of detail because I I personally have not had an opportunity uh, to speak to the mayor directly about this. It's been the holidays and so forth, and I was traveling the first week of January. Uh, but we will catch up. So with the term interim director, it's implied, to
2: obviously, to be a temporary stopgap stop measure. Yep. Um, but those uh, those terms, when you're dealing with city government or, I guess, any business, really, they're kind of open-ended until it's filled, right? There's no, like, it's a 30-day interim and we'll review it at that point. The, a person is typically appointed until a permanent position is, is, is acquired.
3: Yeah, it's... it's um you know, it's 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 as you described and as it's, it says, it's interim, which is oh. you know, temporary. Another word for temporary if you will. And look, Mike, Mr DeBroyce may be the ultimately the permanent position, I don't know. Um, but it's an important position. Um they're working on a number of different things in that department. Uh so the mayor has um uh chosen, I think wisely, to put somebody uh, in charge there now that there's now that Ms. Palacastro has left the employment of the city. Um, and uh, Mike is willing to uh, step in and step up if you will uh, to assist in that so I think that's great Um, but we do need a more permanent solution and and again I'm not suggesting that Mike is not the permanent solution but we need to have a discussion because again he's named as the interim not the permanent Um, and he may uh, you know, ultimately in fact Bianca Palacastro was uh, at one point an interim director and then she ultimately was named the permanent one so these things evolve um, but the fact is We've had a little bit of a revolving door there. Um, And it's an important position, so we need to talk about that.
2: Well, you certainly don't see a lot of people take pay cuts when they move up on in in life, that's for sure.
3: Um, Another,
2: uh, speaking of planning and development, last night Councilman Gillette addressed the council uh, regarding the Winsocket Heritage Canal District and the committee that I guess is still in its rather infant state as they are continuing to explore uh, this project. Just curious, have you ever had an opportunity to review the ideals or the plans of this Heritage Canal? district and i don't know if you had any thoughts on uh is this r- worth exploring and continuing to explore or is this just uh, too much of a change for that region which could impact obviously the main street bypass and uh... brownland ox park and some of those uh... areas in that that area of course with that new uh, what they call those roundabouts not rotaries anymore no, they're, roundabouts. they're roundabouts uh... if you had any thoughts on the canal district
3: yeah, so no, I don't, um, I have not looked at the details. I've never seen the details. I know about it broadly from the press and, you know, from speaking to uh, Mr. Beaupont in the past uh, at a high level. Um, but that's what this committee's doing. So the city council um, established a committee uh, to, review, <coughs> to review this, to look at the feasibility, etc. That committee was established back in August. They're doing their work. It's two council members, Councilman Gillette and Councilwoman Sierra. Um, And uh, they have several other folks that were appointed. So they're working through the process. And uh, at the appropriate time, they will come to the council, provide us with a written report. Um, We'll get that written report. And from there, once we've had a chance to review the written report, we'll then have some meetings um, to flesh it out further. And, you know, it's it's like an elephant, right, when you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. So they're doing their work, uh, which is great. Uh, And when they're ready, they'll come to us um, and we'll take the next steps. Uh, In terms of the idea, just broadly speaking, you know, I think as I as I indicated to the gentleman that called about the the payments to the students, I think all ideas uh, are worth consideration. Um, And uh, there's nothing wrong uh, with with uh, with what we're doing here. Um, I think Roger expressed a little bit of frustration Uh, at last night's meeting with some comments that were reported in the press uh, coming from the mayor's office that seemed um, less than supportive Um, and I think he was just trying to address that Uh, I'm not saying anyone should be anyone ultimately should support it or or not support it but at least in the early stages let's have an open mind and um, let the process play out and uh, be helpful and and assist uh, wherever we can from which from wherever we are, be it on the council, the administration, whatever. And again, let it play out, see where we are, and then we'll make some decisions before um, before kicking sand in the gears uh, before before they even finish. So I think that was the frustration that Roger expressed, and frankly, I don't disagree.
2: The comments from Councilman Gillette, and certainly I can ask you to, to uh, either validate or unvalidate another councilman's comments, as they weren't yours, but uh, the the center revolved around really communication. This was about communication. Again, uh, Councilman Gillette stating that the mayor commented to the call it, that she, she hasn't been briefed by the committee. And Councilman Gillette pretty much saying, well, we're not here to brief you. We're here to brief the city council. But on a wider note, to step back, uh, communication between the council and the mayoral office has been an old story. Uh, for many a year, has there been any improvement in the communication between the council and the mayor's office on
3: council issues? Jim Kanoya. Yeah, no, I think we've we've had improved we've we've definitely had uh, improved communication. There are always gaps that uh, can be frustrating for certain parties, myself included. But I think by and large, we've absolutely uh, have improved the communication. The last couple of weeks, it's been a little quiet. Uh, because of the ho- as I said, the holidays and so forth, and just some uh, some of the schedules and some of the things that have been happening. Um, but uh, I would I would say, by and large, uh, the communications have, have have improved. In fact, we uh, and, and again, I tip my hat to Councilman Ward uh, who really pushed this. Um, we've, if you look at the city docket, <clears throat> we've kind of, for lack of a better term. Um, Forced some communication by uh, requiring reports from the various departments, which frankly uh, you shouldn 't have to require that should just happen in normal course, but it is what it is so now it's uh, it's a it 's a, uh, a step in the process where on a monthly basis, um, each department head uh, or department provides a uh, some level of reporting to the council to keep them informed and to uh, allow for conversation and discussion on, on matters that uh, that they 're working on so by and large, I would suggest to you that the uh, the, improve, uh, the communication has improved. And, again, there, there are times when uh, it could be better. Um, but I think, uh, from my perspective, over the last... Several years, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely in a better position. 769 if you want to get
2: on the phone with Jim Canoia, we've got about 15 minutes for you to do so. As we are going to be approaching our final segment here on the Upfront program, you can also email upfront at wnri.com. One email come in asking, has Highway Department changed the mix for the road salt, both my dogs started limping this morning when walking like something was irritating their feet and the plow truck had just gone by and sanded. I can speak on that for a minute as well. But on the question of the highway
3: department, have you received any information? Or No, I, and nor would I. I mean, that's, yeah, a, that's a question for the public uh, works director and his team. So I honestly I have no idea we can
2: actually save that uh, for you uh, email or tomorrow least all hunt will be in the studio and we can pose that question but uh, realize those dog pads and, and, it, and just give me a minute to speak to the animal sure. <laughs> yeah, Jim extraordinarily sensitive and I know this emailer knows that but, and I hope your uh, your new dog is enjoying his first snowfall by the way uh, but even if it's one of those pet safe uh, devices we have a few of them such as I use inferno ice sp- from below's at my house but initially it is a rock and when it's just laid out the animal goes out it, it's still going to get between the pads the question is now that what you have there and they get it out is it going to burn a hole in their stomach if they lick it out and swallow it which is the big question but anything at all getting in between those pads uh, think of it like shoving a a, a, a sliver up your toenail You're going to feel that, folks. Uh, So uh, anytime, whether it's Inferno, which is a pet-safe product, or uh, the bigger road salts that are out there. And keep in mind, today, this was laid out after what had fallen has already fallen. So maybe there's a different uh, approach rather than laying the uh, brine right on the asphalt itself, as you couldn't get to the asphalt this morning when it was being laid. Uh, You're going to want to, every time you take your dog out right now, check their pads to make sure nothing is in between uh, those. Sensitive uh, points on their feet. So, a little comment there on our canine friends out there. Uh, By the way, a lot of people ask me about my cats. My kittens went for the old spay and neutering last night, uh, Jim. It was a tough night for pebbles, I can tell you that. (laughs) Uh, They are doing just fine. I got a couple of texts saying, hey, you didn't comment. They'll be coming home this afternoon. And I can't wait to see them as I went all night without my babies, Jim. There you go. That was a tough night. Had to stay warm with just the dog last night. (laughs) And usually I have a dog on my left side. Two cats down my right side. The wife is over there somewhere in the bed, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, We'll be right back. This is Daybreak Southern New England. Please stay with us.
0: Time out for Champs Liquors for Keyway. 481 Clinton Street, Socket. Champs reintroduces Flip Flop Wines. And listen to this. We have two bottles of Flip Flop for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10. Mix and match. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California in six varieties, including Pinot Grigio, Merlot Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, it's two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyard's quality wine experiences. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, 2647 plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. So, for a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. Have a question, 765 1800, and speak to Mike the Manager.
2: You're listening to
1: WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel.
2: Back to the panels, back to your calls and conversations. City Councilman Jim Canoyer, uh, thank you for taking up your time on this uh, busy morning. We know you're always busy for being with us, and we have a caller online with you. Welcome to the program, Your Honor, with Councilman James Canoyer. Oh,
5: hey, I this part of this show, was the previous caller saying that we sent $20,000 to the students, or did I misunderstand that?
3: Well, well yeah. no, he, he was, He was. <clears throat> the, the, the caller was just commenting that from his perspective that students have suffered greatly over the last, Two years or so, due to the pandemic and so on and so forth, and was suggesting that we ought to consider providing funding, putting it putting it into essentially a, a trust account, some kind of a trust fund or a special account for each student, twenty thousand dollars to help them recover from the suffering that they've endured.
5: What? What? what I, I don't know. Maybe things have changed a lot since I was a kid. What? What type of suffering are we talking about exactly? Suffering. Like, can
1: you define that? Uh that was
3: his that was no I can't define what he was referring to but okay yeah I, so,
5: I'd like someone I hear about this stuff that the students have been suffering and been tortured I mean I don't know they get to stay home and, and learn from a, I mean I, I don't know when I think of suffering I I think that I think just in general not about the caller but I think we've gone completely off the rails I mean children with distance learning uh, okay it's not good it's not suffering it's not torture okay I would have loved to do that when I was a kid right so I think we need to get off this narrative that the students and the teachers are they're just suffering. I mean this it's like it's like Bahrain, you know what I mean? It's like it's <laughs> it's like <laughs> come, give me a break people. Yeah. Come on. Folks yeah. well, guys, I, we are spoiled. So, we're spoiled. we're spoiled in this country. Well, we're, guys, if think,
2: that's suff- I think I got to yeah. jump in here and I think one of the one of the interesting things Jim and caller is that people speak in absolutes. That comment was speaking in absolutes. Now, everybody asked me, I use that phrase all the time, well, what the heck do you mean? I mean, there's, you're absolutely saying, come on, this is being over-exaggerated when it doesn't fit everybody. Now, one part you missed during uh, the prior program where that segment was discussed is that, uh, for instance, I have a, a granddaughter. Uh, she went through 13 years of life, no problem. All of a sudden, the distance learning year hit. The shutdown year of the pandemic. And all of a sudden, my perfectly healthy, vibrant, dance class, gymnastics, active and everything uh, kid becomes suicidal. She has been in Bradley Hospital in a, really since early October. Missed Autumn Fest, Miss Christmas, Miss Halloween, Miss Thanksgiving, Miss but, New Year's, Mrs. But, but, everything, but, scheduled to be released. No, 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 no. You hold on, please, but, yes. hold on a minute here. Hold on a minute here. Um, I'll just do this. I, that'll kill it. So just to absolutely say that uh, these, uh, these in-school learnings with no other change to her life uh, doesn't make an impact can't be said in an absolute form that these kids aren't suffering. Here's a clear situation where really the only thing that changed was the shutdown of the pandemic with distance learning. Uh, And, you know, next thing you know, she's pulling nails out of her wall because there's a nail behind a picture and cutting her wrist with it. That's a very real statement of something that that I lived through for the past six months. So it does affect for some reason. Do I understand it? Absolutely not. Because my mindset was right with yours. I don't understand how this has impacted her to that extent. But for some reason, the only thing that matters in the household is it has. It's not up to me to understand it. And unfortunately, I can't fix it. But we can't say it has not... It, it, these kids are over-exaggerating in any form of an absolute statement. Now now you're back on, but so that I, statement I, had to I, be yeah, made. Yeah,
5: yeah, and, oh, I, and Jeff, the, the statement is is true but at the same time it's loony it's just that's it's loony like what the hell happened to kids i don't know i was a kid jeff not that long ago and i and I don't remember being you know suicidal because I, I mean come on this is insane and the problem is society guys we gotta just hit the reset button and say here guys these kids are in echo... I mean, they are in zero-gravity chambers. No. I, like, so, I, I got to stay home. Now I'm going to torture myself. Like, I, I, just, I don't get it. Toughen these kids up? I don't know how to do it. But I don't know. That's just my statement. I don't have a question. Sorry, Mr. Kenoya, but No, no, that's, that's fair. all I want
3: to say. Well, here's what I'd say to you. Um, I don't disagree with you uh, in, in, in much of what you said. Um, what I would say to you is that students have suffered. Um, because I believe distant learning is... Um, not nearly as effective as it should be or could be. Um, So I think as a student, uh, having to um, deal with distant learning versus in-class traditional uh, learning, um, they're being shortchanged. So that I stand by. Uh, I also think that, as Jeff alluded to, whether we like it or not, there have been um, some negative consequences from a mental health standpoint uh, with these, these kids being isolated. Is it uh would would it affect you? probably not? Would it affect me, probably not, but there are people that it does affect um, you know I was talking to someone just recently, and it kind of uh dovetails with what you're saying. Um, it's amazing <clears throat> all we hear about these days from certain quarters is everything's a crisis. We have a climate crisis, we have a housing crisis, we have a student loan crisis, we have a democracy in crisis, everything's a crisis um and uh, I don't think. I don't think everything is a crisis. I think the climate does change. We had a dust bowl in the 30s. We had an ice age, and then then the ice melted. <laughs> the climate changed. Uh, student loan crisis. Last I checked, I don't recall anybody from the government walking around, driving around communities and rounding up people at the point of a gun and, ta- and forcing them to take on uh, student debt. Um, the democracy in crisis, well, we could talk about that all day here. Uh, that that too is a crack. So it's, uh, I, think, I think maybe Jeff... Um, said it well in terms of when people talk about things in absolutes um, that might be, that's a little bit overwrought but broadly speaking, broadly speaking I, I don't disagree with you I think we as a society have grown soft um, and there are people that prey on that and there are people, that there are grievance seekers that are always looking to tell you that you are being aggrieved and I'm here to save you um, and that's a, it's a cottage industry for, for certain people
5: uh, well stated, and I didn't mean any disrespect to anybody out there—the caller or Jeff or anyone. I get it. If, there's a, I mean, if something's happening now, we have to deal with it. We can't. We can't. We can't look at all society's problems. I get it. Good answer, Mr. Canoy. I appreciate it. But I think that's all I'm kind of saying is I think we're getting a little solved. Well, Understood, that's it, guys.
2: Appreciate have it. Have a good one. Bye. And it's one of those things that, uh, yeah, we all try to understand one another. And uh, that's one of life's mysteries is humanity trying to understand ourselves sometimes, isn't it? Uh, Jim, we only have maybe three minutes left of the program. So uh, at this point in the time, besides commercial breaks, I always like to ask the guests, is there anything on your mind that wasn't brought up or talked about or some message that you want to translate to
3: the people here on this chilly Tuesday? No, actually... I would suggest just what we were talking about. Um, I think we, as a, as a, as a community, as a city, as a state, and as a nation, frankly, need to uh, settle down a little bit. Um, uh, the world is not coming to an end. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of media out there that has to fill their their uh, sh- you know their time 24/7, um, and they love they love uh, conflict and hysteria and so forth. And I think we need to take a little bit of a deep breath and step back a little bit. I'm not saying there are not, they're not problems and there are not challenges, and there always have been and there always will be, and we deal with it uh, on a day-to-day basis. But I think, as I said, uh, from my perspective, and again, it's just Jim Kenoya speaking, not everything in life is a crisis, okay? Um, but unfortunately... That's what everybody runs around and defines things as. Everything is a crisis for certain people. And there are certain, people, there are certain parties out there. And, you know, the Matt Browns and the, the Mendezes and those folks, uh, the loony left, um, they, <clears throat> they would have you believe that everything in the world is a crisis and that everybody is a victim. But thank God they're there to identify the victims, help and save the victims. And we've got to push back on that and say enough is enough. Uh, we're, all, you know, life is life is hard sometimes, and uh, we help each other out. We get through it as best we can, and and uh, so long, long way of saying, settle down, <laughs> <laughs> breathe in, breathe out, as that song
2: once said. Uh, uh, Jim Kanoyer, I think one thing that I did learn about you, to my surprise, today. Didn't know you watched South Park. Oh! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> if I walked away with anything today, it's like, wow, okay, I'm not the only one. There you go. Uh, thanks for being with us. And, of course, uh, a very uh, well wishes for 2022 to you and your family. You as well. And uh, continue good health. And we'll be keeping an eye on you at the next city council meeting, which there will be another one this month. I believe it is on the 24th. Yes. On that Monday. Uh, and, again, uh, thank you for your time. This has been the Upfront program.
1: Thank you. Take care. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m.
2: Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of new Talk 1380, WNRI One Socket. This is WNRI One Socket,
1: 1380 a.m., 99.9 f.m.